0: to the five spot, which we give you nothing but the exciting news, things that may tip the edge a little bit, uh, may upset some of our listeners and viewers, but we're only going to give it to you straight just how we know it. So let's start things out on what I think is going to become more and more of a problem going forward. Uh, It started years ago uh, with a lot of bigger name players uh, just talking a little bit off air with. My co-host Armando Segarra about Christian McCaffrey decided to opt out of the bowl game. I think when Stanford was playing North Carolina while he was coming out uh, and I thought it would become a problem. And here we are with Florida State playing Georgia and one of the biggest bowls that are out there in college football where Florida State is upset. They're not in the playoffs. Georgia is upset. They're not in the playoffs. But we all knew what would end up happening with a lot of the players on both sides that are future first round draft picks, maybe future early second round draft picks. And now transport portal players deciding not to play in the bowl game. This is going to become a problem going forward uh, because now teams that are not in the playoffs will have players that will decide that college football games are irrelevant. And the three to four years or five years that they've spent in college to get to this particular point means nothing. Uh, And so I think this is one that they're going to have to find a way to narrow down uh, some of this from kind of opening up and becoming more and more of a problem as it goes forward. Uh, Maybe put litigations on it saying that if you're not a first-round pick that you have to play in the bowl game. Uh, those that are going in the transfer portal uh, to play in the bowl game and then go in the transfer portal, uh, something's going to have to happen. And Armando, uh, where you look at this Florida State-Georgia game, originally I know you were excited because this gives Florida State an opportunity to prove their worth uh, Georgia to show why they still should be in the playoffs. But now as you look at it and you see the list of players that are not going to play, is this one that's going to hurt TV ratings and college football, or is this going to put like a, a dark cloud over Florida State?
1: Yeah, so uh, you're right. I was excited because the Orange Bowl in, in my, you know, relative backyard uh, <laughs> was going to be a, a an exciting game, a big game. Right. You have Florida State that was number three, four in the country all year long against Georgia that was number one in the country most of the right. year. It's a great game. Yeah. And no, it's not going to factor in the college football playoffs, but that's still a great game, if you ask me. And it had the extra added uh, attraction that, you know, the whole Florida State, we got job. Uh, it wasn't right what they did in that meeting room. Uh, the college football playoffs committee those are bad people <laughs> mean men they don't know what they're doing also mean women i was about uh, to say
0: <laughs> you gotta give the ladies some love too y-
1: yeah or some hate um <laughs> <laughs> if you're florida state and uh it was the whole you know the governor coming to the defense of Florida State, we're going to give you a million dollars if you dollars. Want to sue right. them. Right. Uh, Senator Rick Scott running, writing very strongly worded letters to I don't know who, uh, be, uh, accomplishing I don't know what. And the entire state of Florida that doesn't live on the campus of the University of Miami or or, Flor- or, the, or the University of Florida came to the defense of Florida State, they had a chance to turn all that sympathy, all that love, all that anger even, into something by going out against Georgia and proving, proving right. we deserved to be in it, damn it. You <laughs> messed up. Look at us. And you know how they are, are reacting? Tell, tell the folks how they're reacting. Inst- that's fantasy land. What's the reality?
0: The reality is, is Florida State looks bad in this situation because of how many kids decided to opt out. Um, and, and that's not even looking at what Georgia is at this particular point, who possibly have three first-rounders on their defense, um, in which we've seen this story before from Georgia. Uh, And then offensively, you know, they have a few guys that that are possible first three-round picks. Um, But the funny thing is you haven't heard anything from Georgia. And with all of this that's been going on with Florida State, people are now pinpointing and pointing their finger uh, at Norville and the kind of decision of a lot of these young men of what they're doing uh, when, I mean, we all know Florida is in the state of Florida, and being in an the Orange Bowl, that's a great representation to have fanfare. Uh, obviously, the money that the Orange Bowl would make with Florida State because they do travel, their fans do travel, so they were looking at it in that regard. Um, I know that they're missing their starting quarterback, and that's always been the topic of Florida State and the reason why they're not in the playoffs, which I think to me still is um, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, But again, when I think of college football, because playing college football myself, the bowl game was the ultimate goal. Like for us, it was to make it to a big bowl, uh, be rewarded with an opportunity to go away for a week. And who wouldn't want to go from New York to Florida (laughs) for being at Syracuse? uh, And to spend time on the beach and and hang out and then get ready to play against one of the best teams in the country. And it'll give us a chance to prove our worth. and, And obviously, Boost us going into the next year, where now they've made even the Orange Bowl, and if you look at it like if it's not the Rose Bowl also too in, involved in in the playoff, those bowls become irrelevant, and so it's it's so sad to see how many bowl games there are. I mean, it was like the Reynolds Wrap Bowl, the uh, the toilet paper bowl uh, the, the COVID I'm, I'm healthy bowl. Like it's a whole lot more bowl. Yeah. Like there are so many bowl games out here where the orange bowl and some of these bigger bowls, uh, that aren't involved in the playoffs are starting to all get bunched in one. And so I think for college football, this is one they're going to have to look at. And then even that vote, that committee that voted on the playoffs. Now they're talking about expanding it where we talked about it earlier. Um, how many teams in the SEC would have been in the in the in the playoffs if there was a 12 team uh, playoff? there would probably be what eight did we say about six or eight in the SEC the big Ten would have about three uh the big 12 would have have one or two and then now you're looking at ACC was still Florida State would make it but I mean that now it's going to water down what we've seen so much of college football.
1: So for Florida State, Johnny Wilson has opted out, NFL draft. Trey Benson has opted out, NFL draft. Jaheim Bell has opted out, NFL draft. Fabian Lovett has opted out, NFL draft. Rodney Hill has entered the transfer portal. He's not playing. Bless Harris, bless his heart. He's already gone to TCU. DJ Lundy... uh. Transfer portal, yeah. Malcolm Ray transfer portal, right. Marcus D. Douglas, Arizona State, AJ Duffy, San Diego State, right. Third Curse NFL Draft. We don't know if Keon, uh, if Keon Coleman's going to play or not. At this point, you know he's going to go in the first round of the NFL Draft, and the point he's guaranteed
0: is, the first round pick.
1: Absolutely, and the the point here is you made this. Think about stink about not being uh, you know in the playoffs. You have a chance to prove your point. You have a chance to prove, hey, you know what? Um, we we deserve to be here. We just beat the former number one team, uh, you know, in front of the entire earth, and you know that that would make people think that would last. That would go down, I would tell you, in college football history, because 10, 20 years from now, people would be going, that really was a broken system. The college football committee uh, donged Florida State, and Florida State came out and beat the number one team that was the number one team for most of the year and only had one loss to Alabama. It's an embarrassment what Florida state is, is embarrassing itself. And, you know, these kids they're making individual choices that together is becoming a, a, a story nationally and is making Florida state look like it's got a black eye. It's, it's, and it, to me, I'm going to say it and and people are going to go crazy. It's a bad look for Gen Z. It's a bad look for for people, a generation of people that generally are, uh, you know, the whole narrative is they're all about themselves and they're soft and they're coddled and they don't, you know, they're not hard like other generations. And they grew up playing video games instead of like playing on a playground or out in the asphalt. Like I, you know, I grew up playing in the streets and Good luck if you didn't get run over by a car. Exactly. And these people grow up like they must have parts.
0: <laughs> they got to be indoors. they air conditioning.
1: And now you're proving it, man. You're proving right. what the narrative is. You're weak. You're soft.
0: That's brought to you by Armando Cigar.
1: <laughs> Email me at McNabb at <laughs>
0: But you're absolutely right. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see going forward how this all now transpires with a lot of other football teams because it's not just Florida State and in Georgia. It's going to happen, I'm sure, with Ohio State. I'm sure it's going to happen with uh, some of these other teams that were on the cusp of possibly making it, but now people are going to start to opt out. Let's, Let's stay where you are with where the generation is in the decisions that that have been made by players. In Pittsburgh, uh, the Steelers have had receivers that have made business decisions of either giving great effort or wondering if it will put them in position to get hurt. Uh, We've had receivers over in Pittsburgh, which we all know Mike Tomlin is going through some different things. His starting quarterback is out with injury. Mitch Trubisky has stepped in and hasn't done a, good job at all the football team just can't seem to rally themselves to put themselves in position to stay in the playoff run uh Mike Tomlin has had winning seasons every year since he's been in Pittsburgh but when your young receiver says that the reason I didn't give great effort there is because I felt like I was going to get hurt on that play Armando when you hear that as a reporter now I'll give you my take as a, a former athlete but from a reporter's standpoint, when you ask that question and he gives you that answer, what is your response?
1: After I pick myself up from the floor <laughs> and, you know, uh, or get people to help me because you know, I, it, it's a chore to pick myself up from the floor. Uh, it's not an easy one either. Um Really, dude. Really? You're what? So we're talking about George Pickens, right? George of, the Pickens. of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They play the Steelers. Uh, excuse me, the Steelers play the Colts last week. And in that game, Jalen Warren is trying to get in the end zone. And at the one yard line, George Pickens has a block has a chance to block a defensive back and doesn't. Just watches the play go right by him, uh, and it shows no effort. And the reporters asked him, why did you do this? And his answer was, because I didn't want it to become a Tank Dell situation. Tank Dell is the Houston Texans wide receiver that was injured on the goal line. He wasn't even blocking. He was in the scrum, and he just got rolled up. He wasn't blocking, but the point is he obviously, and he said out of his mouth, "I didn't want to get injured." And Jalen Warren, who is a stud, by the yes. way, said, I would have blocked for him if the if the roles were reversed. So this isn't a, like we talked before, a generational thing. this this is a this is a dude, your mindset is a little jacked up. Of course, he's getting he's getting straight fire as a result oh, yeah. in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He's getting roasted by, you know, a town that's all blue collar and you got to work hard and all that. And so he's blaming the media. <laughs> because the media, to quote him, you never played the game. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the people that are criticizing me are not on the field and have never been on the field, never played the game. You don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> Did you play the game? Well, yes, I played. So for those who are, are listening to this situation where Pickens decides to make a business decision that's strictly based around him getting hurt from watching another for or player, Uh, in Houston, get hurt, which it was not the same situation. But if I'm running outside the pocket and I'm trying to create plays to try to turn this thing around that we know has been a struggle, and I look and see a a teammate of mine standing there looking at me, giving me his frontal numbers and not blocking the guy that's standing next to him, probably thinking, what is he doing? And he comes and tattoos me uh, to stop me from getting in the end zone. I have a problem with that. I have a problem because it's showing a lack of effort. You're showing you're selfish in not playing for the team. Uh, Another thing that kind of comes to mind is, uh, like I, I mentioned before, this is not just one receiver. It seems like a couple receivers were doing this, but Pickens has been the one that is probably the most talented player that they have. He may be frustrated because he hasn't been getting the ball, but don't take it out on me as I'm the ball carrier and trying to help the team play. So that, to me, shows that, one, you don't care. Two, it's all about you. Three, you don't even – I mean, playoffs is not even – you're trying to get to the end of the season and be done. But also, too, this goes into – I know everyone looks at Mike Tomlin. This is not a Mike Tomlin situation. This is a culture thing. This is one in which I think the locker room has to police this and make, make sure that this is the last time this happens. Because his next p- next position that he'll be in will be out the door. I guarantee you that. You're on a rookie deal. They will cut you or trade you as fast as you think you'll catch the next slant. And so is that well-deserved? It probably is, especially after that comment in my eyes.
1: So, So Donovan, it is a culture thing. But yes. the Steelers have a problem in that. Their locker room and particularly their offense is very young. They don't have, they don't have a, a Villa Nueva, you know, who went to West Point and went to war and has been in the NFL for 15 years, who can say, no, young buck, this can't be happening. This is not the way this happens. They don't have that anymore. So it is a Mike Tomlin problem. And here's the thing. Mike Tomlin decided it is? Oh, crap, this is my problem. And he called an emergency press conference to respond to his player talking to the reporters. And during that press conference, he took an entirely wrong tact. And I say that because what he said was, uh, well, I have it right here. I would like for him to be more professional in terms of addressing some of his shortcomings with you, meaning the media, uh, to further the fluidity process here. Uh, he said he's not helping himself. He's not helping the process in the manner in which he's dealt with you guys, the media, and not necessarily the manner in which he deals with us regarding acknowledging where he and where he is and where he needs to be. Mike Tomlin saw this as a media uh, publicity, public relations problem. And I would say to you, it's not a public relations problem. It's a, dude, you're not trying problem. It's a, dude, you've got an individual mindset problem. It's a maturity problem. And it's a downgrading other people problem and and it's selfishness. That's the yeah. problem. It's right. not about PR and how you, you say one thing to reporters and another thing to the team. It's about y- you have a checkbox full of questions that in your character that you need to fix to make it well and to make it right. That's the problem. And I get it. Mike Tomlin, look, Mike Tomlin was able to, to go eight years with Antonio Brown, and we didn't hear anything about Antonio Brown being a problem And then until the end. And then he goes to the Raiders, and he goes to other teams, New England, and he goes to Tampa, and we realize Antonio uh, Brown <laughs> – He's a different cat, okay? I don't know how Mike Tomlin did that for eight years, but Mike Tomlin obviously was able to cover it up. Dude, you you can't cover everybody up. You got to fix them. He well, needs to I, fix Pickens.
0: I I I agree. I agree. He needs to fix Pickens, and he needs to fix fix this football team. And being the head coach, yes, you need to fix this football team or the direction you guys are going in. I think what he was trying to do was he was trying to clear the smoke uh, that Pickens kind of much built for himself and explain to the media, yes, this is something that's been addressed and this has been a problem, but he needs to learn how to grow up. And he needs to learn how to be a professional, yes, and be more accountable for mistakes that he makes. And that's what Mike, Mike Tomlin, I think, was trying to do In this regard, because everybody wants to hear Mike's response to it and and where we are in the world where it's like any situation that happens. We're waiting to hear the head coach uh, speak on that behalf or be able to address the situation a la the Denver Broncos. Remember, we talked about Sean Payton in the situation that he had with with Russell Wilson. He never really addressed the situation. He glossed over it. And, and and so now that becomes more of a story of what you did not say instead of what you really said, uh, because that's what Mike Tomlin tried to do. He got in front of the media and he addressed the situation. Now we're waiting to hear Pickens response to not only what he said, but to what Mike Tomlin said. So this is this is how the media works. And, and being a former player, uh, not a guy that just kind of sits behind a computer or or guy who never played, as as Pickens said. I'm a guy that played, and I'm a guy that's played for 13 years and a guy that's been in the media aspect for years as well. I know how both go. So just be ready to address the situation that uh, Mike Tomlin said in his press conference and go back to what you said and see if you regret anything throughout that whole process. And I think that's where people are going to go.
1: Yeah. Um... <laughs> Mike Tomlin, look, you you said about Mike Tomlin trying to clear the smoke. Anytime you're calling an emergency press conference, you ain't clearing smoke. You're in the fire. You know that meme where the little cartoon dog is sitting and the flames are all around (laughs) and he's going, it's okay. It's fine. That was Mike Tomlin yesterday. Okay? (laughs) <laughs> that's and, Mike Tomlin right now. He's it's in a the fire. <laughs> <up>. yes. Yes. <laughs> a couple weeks enough.
0: Yes, yes. A couple weeks enough for the season.
1: And there's flames everywhere. And he's going, it's okay.
0: It's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a problem here. Uh,
0: uh, hey, this, is, this is a situation that's going to go on. And I'm sure these next couple weeks will be so critical for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin going forward because you talk about that fire. Uh, they have put him in the hot seat, which I think he's granted at least another opportunity or two uh, going forward sp- from his resume. But, but speaking of hot fire, like Dylon, 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 for those who know about <laughs> making the band, I don't think you know what that is, Armando. I have to tell you off the show what or making the band is. Spit <laughs> hot fire like Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. But let's go down to Dallas where – This game is so critical and so important for Dak Prescott and and Mike McCarthy. And I say that because they have not played well on the road. Uh, They've struggled versus the elite teams. Uh, And also playing against the Miami Dolphins where Tariq Hill may or may not be back, but it's still an offense that not only have explosive plays in the passing game, but have explosive games gains in the running game. And when I say that, they've struggled versus the run. We've seen what happened against Buffalo where they decided to play pretty much. It was like Tech Mobile, Like when you pick Bo Jackson or Thurman Thomas and they run down the, the sideline for 65-70 without being touched, that's what it looked like uh, versus Buffalo. And will that happen again versus Miami is one I think is really in question if Mike McCarthy and his staff – we'll be able to get the answer to get things corrected.
1: This game has a lot of stuff going on, a ton of stuff going on. Um, right. you, let's start where you, where you kind of, you know, alley-ooped me there. Um, they gave up, they being the Cowboys, gave up 266 rushing yards against the Buffalo Bills who are not and have not been a great running team. The Dolphins have been a great running team. They are number four in the NFL rushing the football this season. So does Mike McDaniel try to run the ball on the Dallas Cowboys? Yes, I think he does. I think that will be a thing that they will attempt. Having said that, this this game is more than that because – it's not just about Mike McDaniel. I'm going to move my chess piece over here and run the ball. And Dan Quinn going, I'm going to sacrifice my pawn over there and try to stop you. And now you've got to throw the ball and you're going to kill me. Um, <laughs> it, it's about you have two teams that have a lot to prove. The Dolphins at this stage have not beaten They're 10 and four. They've not beaten a team with a winning record this year. The Cowboys at this stage, they're 10 and four. They're horrible on the road. And the game is at Hard Rock Stadium. The Cowboys are three and four on the road. Okay. So that's a problem. Both of those teams have a lot to prove and don't take my word for it. Okay. This is what Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel who's going to be on the Dolphins sideline runs the Dolphins. This is what he said. I think it sets up the two teams that feel internally that they really have something to prove to themselves. And that makes for good football. So he is telling you, admitting that internally, at least I'm sure he's definitely talking on behalf of his team. They need to prove something to themselves. Are we really good are we really good enough to beat good teams? Because we want to answer it now, so that when we go into the playoffs, and they will be in the playoffs, we don't have that that big albatross going, Ca-ca! oh, you know, over our shoulders.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, do
1: that, do that one more time for for our, our viewers. Well, I I am not okay. So I am not like a bird scientist. I don't even remember what they call that word. <laughs> but my my interpretation of an albatross on your shoulder is oh! <laughs> that might
0: be that might be the most intimidating bird call I've ever heard. And the facial expression. The facial expression. I should
1: have done my bird beak. Also, and my wings, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would have been oh, better. God. That
1: would have been more believable.
0: Oh my goodness! Well, uh, I don't know if they'll be that aggressive uh, come come game day, but it's one to see when I look at the two offenses and uh, with cooks uh, with um, obviously uh, the the receiving core that they have out in in Dallas compared to the receiving core in Miami. There's great opportunity in the passing game, but I think it's something to be said, like you talked about that running game and the internal aspect from a mindset standpoint of both teams feeling like this is their chance. And this is their opportunity where the Dallas Cowboys coming off of the win against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. You thought things changed. They were rolling Offensively, and Dak Prescott, MVP candidate, this is is now the Dallas Cowboys everyone expected. Everyone talked about Miami when they got rolling after they beat uh, the Broncos, put up 70 on them. They got things rolling. And then both of them played against the Buffalo Bills. If if you remember, they both had it rolling until they played Buffalo. And so it's interesting to see how things now kind of go uh, after this point for both teams. Will this be a breaking point for one team or will this be the, the stepping stone for another? And I think with Mike McDaniels and, and also McCarthy, this was the challenge on them. This was the onus on them, on how they change things around on both sides of the ball. Both have weaknesses on both sides of the ball. The Dallas yeah. Cowboys have a weakness at linebacker. And I think the weakness for the, for the uh, Miami dolphins is the pass rush. Take out Chubb and who's now getting to, well, they do have one of the best defensive tackles in the game, uh, but they haven't created the pass rush that they need in Miami.
1: So one of the things that everybody's going to be looking at is the offensive lines. The Cowboys have their offensive line a little banged up. Zach Martin didn't practice yesterday. Uh, Tyron Smith didn't practice. They've had issues on the offensive line like the entire NFL. The Dolphins have mega issues on the offensive line. Uh, Yesterday, we're doing this on a Thursday. Yesterday, Wednesday, I believe is how it works. They had uh, their center out of practice. They had their left tackle out of practice. They had their right tackle didn't practice and their right guard didn't practice. And they're coming off game, a game where they had offensive line injuries, and they've had them for a while now. So right. it's gonna be interesting to see which one manages, um, you know, the unfortunate nature of injury situation and which one has better depth right. along that, that position group. Also, I want to welcome you to the media. Because you did something that media does. Uh, and this is, and, and players have, in my, in my experience, have hated it, and coaches too. You compared the Dolphins uh, wide receivers to the Cowboys wide receivers, right?
0: Is that right? Are, right? Well, I talked about the explosive opportunities in the passing game.
1: And I've done that all my career, and so has every reporter. And the answer is always we don't play each other. We we're not <laughs> we're not gonna be played. I'm gonna be on the field when he's in the in the on the sideline and he's gonna be on the field and I'm gonna be on we're not meeting. Um but I'm gonna do it anyway because I have media. Dak Prescott against Tua Tonga law. Two things. I hope both of them just blow up and blow out the other team's defense because I am so over both of those guys being dragged for whatever reason. And neither of those guys, I don't think is necessarily of the mindset that they just brush it off. Yesterday, two of us said that he does brush it off. He doesn't care. And then he said, but I keep receipts. So you don't care, but you keep receipts. I don't understand that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care what you say, but I'm going to write it down.
0: Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to keep receipts. How how, how do you spell that, Armando? (laughs) A-R-L. Yeah.
1: Uh, It's like, and Dak obviously has, you know, for whatever reasons, one of them being that he led the NFL in interceptions one year, uh, has also been criticized for a billion things. He doesn't win the playoffs. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. This and that. He doesn't run enough or he doesn't, you know, he's not a million things. I want both of those guys to just go off the rest of the year. They're in the playoffs and we can end the whole them as victims situation yeah. so I, I don't have to deal with it anymore personally I just want it for me
0: hey I'm I'm gonna go uh, uh, my last remarks with that one is being a quarterback and and watching Dak Prescott I, I'm with you on that I want to see Dak Prescott and Tua because to me they have been dragged through the mud it, it's been constant of if things go wrong off oh, Dak Prescott I mean he's He's not a franchise guy. He's not deserving of the money he's getting. Then all of a sudden he gets gets going for six, seven, eight weeks. and all of a sudden it's quiet. Well, Dak Prescott's quiet. Well, but just just give him a moment. Then he'll 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 mess it up some point at the you know. And it's like no, I want them to both go over three hundred and fifty yards of passing. Uh, it's gonna come down to about two mistakes in this game of what team will win. Uh, I think if it's gonna be a fumble. If it's, if it's going to be uh, on fourth down or try to go forward in the red zone and all of a sudden it turns the field and the opposing offense goes down the score, it's going to be something to that effect in this particular game. I don't think it would be so much of a blowout, uh, but I do want to see both quarterbacks play well. Well, let's end this show uh, the right way. I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. We'll be back before the new year, but for Christmas – ho, 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 sit on Santa's lap, make sure you get all that you deserve. Uh, Some have been on the naughty list, and some have been nice, but let's make sure we're nice to everyone. Uh, Enjoy your Christmas, please. I ask you, those who are traveling, please be safe. Um, You know, make sure that you're doing everything that needs to be done the right way. Uh, Enjoy your Christmas with your family. Uh, Blessings to everyone, and Merry Christmas, and we'll see you on Tuesday next week uh, to give you more of what happened this weekend and what's planned for that next week. So join us again here at the five spot. We look forward to hearing and seeing you, uh, you know, joining us next week. Merry Christmas.